One of the companies that broker introduced to me is a restoration company. And I kind of fell in love with it because I didn't realize that it existed. And I didn't realize that you can make money and take care of your family by helping others. So to me, it's like, oh, this is a perfect fit. So, and then we decided to kind of bid the bullet, use all my severance money for all kinds of training and certifications, make sure we get that all taken care of before we open our business. You are listening to the Manage Mold podcast. This podcast was made for families on a health journey that need the real, no-holds-barred answers on how to create and ensure a healthy home. This show should be your launching pad to give you the information, guidance, and inspiration and clarity you need on your journey back to a healthy home. My name is Dean Malstead. You can find and follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to Manage Mold. Hello, everybody. This is the Manage Mold podcast. And today I have got a colleague on with me from Southern California, from the Lake Arrowhead area. His name is Robert Hidiot, and he has a company called Blue Van Restoration. And Robert, I am so glad that you got to be here. We'll share a little bit more about kind of how this came together. But why don't you say hi to everybody and let them know a little bit more about your company and how you got to be where you are. All right. Hi, Dean, and hi, everybody. First, I just want to thank you for having me on this podcast. I I really appreciate it. And I've been listening to the first few episodes, and I want to tell you that I love the music that you have for the intro and outro (laughs) of the episode, always like so majestic, you know, makes good. ready to learn. (laughs) Good. Yeah, yeah. And I've been learning a lot. I've listened to each episode uh, a couple times. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so my name is robert hidayat i live in lake arrowhead california and i started my company blue van restoration a couple of years ago so we started january 1st 2018 that's when we started our business and then so this is our second year in business so far so i kind of come into this industry by chance really and a little bit late and i just realized that it it fits both my passions that I didn't realize early on. So for a long time, I've always been working for a corporate company. So I was in software marketing for many, many, many years, over 20 years. And we live in Iowa back then in central Iowa. So, and we were pretty comfortable. I have a nine to five jobs. We have three kids. And even though I always have passions for two things, one is entrepreneurship and two is helping others. But it's always tough to kind of break that, oh, I'm having a steady job and being able to pay the bills to start something new. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I've always been a technology nerd, so that kind of (laughs) come into place here uh, later on. But basically, for a long time, I always liked the entrepreneurship side and always liked helping people. So I've tinkered with, I created a small app, a phone app that basically can detect if you call 911 and it automatically alerts your neighbors that you just called 911. So, wow, I didn't like even that. know I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I have a patent for that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, something interesting that I like to do and then just tinker with just uh, little things that can help others and then I at one point I tried I joined a the startup weekend competition. I don't know if you've heard of that, but basically you get together with a lot of people for a weekend and and there you pitch your ideas and then you form a group and you come up with a company or a business in one weekend basically. That's so, good. That's good practice. Yeah, uh, at, 
the time I, I pitched an idea is another related to helping others is called Unleash Heroes at the time. But basically, the idea is is an app that keeps track of when you do good things in the community Absolutely. and allowing other people in the community to reward you for that. You know, <laughs> you know so, the thing I love about that is I for the last mm, two months I think I've been on a news boycott. Okay, and I wake up so much happier. I go to bed so much happier because they continually don't include anything positive. <laughs> so yep, yep. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a lot of little things like that. And actually, I love helping people so much that even in my job, I sometimes end up spending more of my time helping my team members, other people in my team versus doing my own jobs. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I kind of get in trouble. And then towards you know the last couple of years and I lost my corporate job, I was looking for something that I can do. I really don't want to just go back into another work for another company. And we were looking at different things that we can do. We got connected with a franchise broker. You know, we looked at 7-Eleven or pizza place or anything. And then one of the companies that broker introduced to me is a restoration company. And I kind of fell in love with it because I didn't realize that it existed. And I didn't realize that you can make money and take care of your family by helping others. So to me, it's like, oh, this is a perfect fit. So, and then we decided to kind of bid the bullet, use all my severance money for all kinds of training and certifications, make sure we get that all taken care of before we open our business. And then when we started to open our business, the first month or so, we really didn't get any calls. <laughs> so we're doing a lot of marketing. You know, we're going to all the plumbers and all the just introducing ourselves, all the local businesses, but zero calls. And then my wife said, uh, you sure you don't want to go back? look for another job. <laughs> but then after that first month, we got our first call. We actually got started before I get any kind of a remediation work or mitigation job. I actually got started by offering just inspection. At the time, I don't have a lot of equipment. So all I have is a particulate counter, moisture meter, and infrared camera. And I use that to help inspect houses uh, for moisture intrusion. And also I use the particular counter as a way to check uh, the air quality. I know it doesn't give you all the information that is important, but at the time, that's the tool that we have. And that's with that, I was able to help quite a few people. And I encounter a few people who are really, they, they feel that there's something wrong in their house, but they just can't pinpoint what it is. Absolutely. And yeah. And at the time, even with just the particulate counter and the infrared camera and the moisture meter, I was able to find some problem areas that's just not visible. But just from the particulate counter, I can tell if the, there's a lot more, a lot higher amount of particulates in a specific room in the house. And I do a little bit closer inspection. I was able to find some water leaks and some areas where they have problems. So, so here's the amazing thing, Robert. And it seems like you're speaking as if maybe you did things in the wrong order. But I'm going to tell you from my 22 years of being in the industry and watching how so many people do it and watching how the certified industrial hygienists, the ones who go to college and this is their profession, do it. Your approach was so simple, but it was so girded up in good training. You put your whole heart into going and learning as much as you could about what the issues might be. And you didn't do a, a haphazard approach to what you were doing. 
You used everything in your mind that you had gained. You used the heart that you had for people. And you took some pretty key instruments and you helped determine. And with visual investigation, you could actually find problems. Yep, yep. And I didn't even, you know, I go through the certification for mold remediation work, but I didn't have a lot of training around inspection or using the thermal camera or using the particulate counter. I just kind of look at what's out there and I think those are the tools that can help me at the time. And I was not charging a lot for that inspection. It's just to get me started, to get me in the door. And I also found that it's just all these people are charging very high for inspection. And a lot of people who are having problems, sometimes just, I'm sure uh, you've experienced, but sometimes their spouse don't take them seriously. And they're just looking to get somebody in for cheap that can just uh, tell them, oh, everything's good. Then they can move on. Right. So, so from there, I'm just offering very uh, low cost inspections. And I actually come across a lot of people who probably wouldn't have called anybody because they think they can't afford it. And I was able to help them that way. So that's a great start. I have no problem with how you started. That was very organic. And you learned a lot in the process, obviously. And again, so for people who are listening to this podcast, who put a lot of emphasis on sampling, Ermi or Hurts Me or Emma, Eliza, Lift Tape, Petri Dish, you name it. Whatever you've been told, whatever you've read about sampling, sampling methods, and you need to do this or that, understand what Robert just covered for all of us. The ABCs and 123s of water damage and mold contamination, a lot of times you can actually figure it out without sampling. But then there's a tool, and this is the tool that brought you and I together, ultimately. Why don't you tell them your story about how you found this particular tool? And and I've alluded to this a little bit up to this point. We've had (laughs) Matt Coghill on on episode five, and Matt is the president of Detection Tech. But there's the particular tool that Detection Tech manufactures that is changing the industry. It is actually changing the way sampling is done. And Robert? Tell us how that brought you and I together. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, so so Dean is talking about the Insiscope for sure. So I actually first heard about the Insiscope when I was just getting started, maybe uh, my second or third month in business. Uh, I went to a conference and somebody has an Insiscope. But at the time, I was just starting and I just bought all kinds of drying equipment. And, and when I heard, oh, at it's $40,000 or, you know, it's a, a, such as an expensive instrument. I just kind of, oh, forget about it. I'll just get a particular counter. <laughs> yep. That was kind of my, my initial reaction. And then I really forget all about it for a while until I joined the, the Rebel Group, really the, you know, Alliance of Independent Restorers Group. And I saw a lot of posts around uh, that instrument. And I read a lot of your comments around that instrument. and. It really kind of brings me back that if I want to uh, have a business that can help others, I know I have to have the best equipment and I, I know I have to be smarter than everybody else in this area so I can you know point people in the right direction. So from listening and reading a lot of you know the different posts online, I'm really intrigued. So then I saw you know the news about the summit uh, in Boulder uh, where we have uh, you know a big conference in Boulder. And when I saw that you're going to be there and Boulder is where Insiscope is, 
I said, uh, okay, uh, even though it's not in my travel budget for this year, I'm going. Yep. So, and the main reason is, uh, okay, one is the summit is kind of a side reason, but the main is reason for me to go to the summit actually was, uh, you know, to meet you and also to meet Matt Cockhill and Dana and some of these guys at Densoscope. So I can make my decision whether I want to proceed with it or not. And Absolutely. So everyone understands this summit is, this was a small gathering and there was some bad weather. So there was about half of us that were missing, but it's a small gathering of cutting edge restores people who are thinking about how can we make our industry more professional, more efficient, have a better presentation and do things better than ever before. These are the type of people who are gathering in Boulder. And this was in February, I believe, January, February, I think it was of this year. Yep. So let me just catch all of you up with my side of the story. So I alluded to it a little bit earlier in our story, but in 2013, I asked Michael Pinto, who we've now heard from on this podcast, and we're going to hear a bunch more from. I met Michael Pinto and I asked him, I held up my phone in class one day and I asked him, I said, when do we get an instrument in our hand? And Robert actually is kind of onto it because he got into the particle counters, which are part of this answer. And I said, mm -hmm. when do we get something in our hand that we can see the mold in the air? And it wasn't until two years later when I saw Michael at a hotel, we were at the RIA convention, Restoration Industry Association. We met up in the hotel and he says, Dean, that thing you asked about, I think it's out there. Go find it. And so I ended up connecting with a gentleman in Hawaii who owned one, who brought me back and connected me to Matt Coghill. And it was 10 months of me being the skeptic and kind of harassing Matt about is this stuff really real? Does this thing really work? And then March of 2018, we bought the Instascope. So then we fast forward to the 2019, I get to meet Robert in Boulder and he's like one of my new lifelong best friends. <laughs> Robert's got a heart of gold. And so I want everyone who's listening to understand this. There's so much bad press out there about remediator ripoffs and restoration ripoffs and inspector ripoffs, and, and I get that, and they're real, and I run into them, and Robert runs into them, but I'm going to tell you, I want you guys to be hopeful because there are people like Robert, there are people like my family, there are a lot of us who are cutting a new edge, and we're trying to do the right thing, we're trying to do the best thing to help people, and we're all helping each other grow. So here's the cool part, after Boulder, so we spend a few days together there. We all learn a bunch of things. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we were doing that. And after that point, Robert makes a decision, obviously, that he wants to use this new tool. And so he called me up and he said, I want to come and hang out with you for a few days in Minnesota and Wisconsin and go with you on inspections. And that's what he did. It was an amazing time. For all the restorers, remediators, anyone who wants to get into this industry, I want to encourage you, have that mindset. And that's a mindset that I got also some years ago. Go be with the people that you want to learn from and go learn those things. And so, Robert, you showed up in Minnesota. It was fantastic. Yep. <laughs> and we, what did we do? Yeah, so we go on uh, quite a few inspections. But yeah, I, I want to step back a little bit. But when I was in Boulder, right, I met you, we probably only have a few hours total, you know, we're 
talking to each other, but I learn about your story and I learn about what you put Insoscope through <laughs> before you make your decision. Yes. So, so from there, and I also met with Matt and those guys. And from there, I really, once I understand a little bit more about what the Insoscope can do, I don't see how you can provide a good service to your customer without having this instrument. And I know you've gone through your 10 months. I say, Dean, gone through this 10 months. I don't think I need to repeat that because <laughs> I know, <laughs> know you and, uh, again, your story and what you've gone through. Uh, it's probably, it takes a lot to convince you to, you know, to get the Insoscope in the first place because all the stuff that you've been through. So, yeah, so I really kind of take the leap from that. I haven't never regretted it. So <laughs> I, I, as soon as I got home from Boulder, I put some things in motion and got the instrument right away. So. You did, yeah. <laughs> so tell me your impressions of Instascope and then why don't you share, because I still haven't shared what the basic what what it is why don't you share with everybody today why don't you be the guy to reveal what is the instascope and what are we talking about <laughs> all right okay so the instascope the the way matt uh explains it as is this instant microscope right but there's a lot more than that so basically it's an instrument that allows you to tell what's in the air that you breathe so it scans the air and it tells you whether it can differentiate between mold, bacteria, and pollen, or just uh, dust, and uh, it tells you that in real time. So you don't have to collect samples, send things to the lab, and uh, it allows you to do uh, a lot of amazing things and that you really can't do with any uh, traditional equipment or whatever, you know, with the particulate counter or with the air sampling mechanism that's available today. So do you take that machine in the house and just kind of stand in the middle and watch it do its thing how do you make it work in a house <laughs> all right yeah so you bring it into uh, the house and uh, you have to put in some information uh, so because based on the volume of air in that room it decides how long it's going to run on the scan for and what it does is it does dynamic sampling so instead of putting a machine and put it in the middle of the room and then just run it you actually kind of move around and go around the room with this one and you can sample different areas of the room, especially we focus on, of course, the breathing space, our, our breathing spaces, especially that uh, that allows us to catch there as as Matt mentioned about air movement. Right. So allows us to catch where mold is in, in the room instead of just, you know, picking a stationary spot. Absolutely. So I'm not intending this podcast to be a commercial to sell Instascope. And I don't actually work for detection tech anyway. I'm just passionate believer in the technology because of the information that it has afforded me in a much shorter amount of time, in a much greater detail than I ever had before. And to give you an example of what Robert just talked about is in the average inspector report that we get to see. I would say the average inspector spends anywhere between an hour to maybe two hours in the average home. I'm typically spending between three and a half to five and a half hours in a home because I'm not only using the Instascope, I'm using thermal imaging, I'm using the Tramex moisture meter, I'm using other meters, uh, VOC meters, I'm using a smoke pen to see where airflows are, I'm taking photos, making notes on the photos and things like that in the way I do things. But the other part of this is the average inspector, whether they're a certified industrial hygienist or trained someplace else, 
they're going to come in, they're going to take an outdoor sample. They'll take maybe an indoor sample from each level of the home. So in a single level home with a basement, that would be three samples with an upper floor, that would be four. And that's what you get a report. And it's usually from the middle of an area where there's no building assemblies, there's no walls. There's very little possibility that there was water damage. And in cases where there was a big source area in a house, you might get a bigger reading on those samples. We'll talk about all that another day, what traditional sampling looks like. And I really want Michael Pinto to weigh in on that because he actually owns a lab that analyzes. But here's the difference. When Robert and I get done, and those of us who own the Instascope, when we get done, we get a report, and there's typically probably 17 to 22 rooms that we've scanned. And so you get kind of a three-dimensional picture of every room in your house, and not just the middle of a room, but the entire room and kind of a a three-minute average in most cases of every room of your house. And it gives you really amazing data to look at to kind of see how the house is living and breathing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really, with traditional inspection method, it's you have to really explain a lot of limitations that that data give you. And sometimes you kind of feel bad. They spend all kind of money and we can't really give them a definitive answer or a good direction just based on that data. And with the Instascope, now we have a lot more data that can really helps us much better to make much better decisions and give them much better directions. And I've been able to help quite a few people around the area. And getting back into kind of the previous topic that you were talking about, as soon as I get the instrument, right? And I also, you know, when I was in Boulder, I was talking to Matt and Dana and I say, yeah, Dean is this, uh, this crazy guy who pushed the instrument to the limit and he helps us improve a lot from there and we both kind of learn from each other. So I said, okay, and Dean has been using this for a long time. I said, I want to be the best at this. I don't want to just have to be the guy with the expensive machine, the best technology, but I don't know what I'm doing. So I said, I better see if I can hang out with, with Dean for a few days and kind of see how he uses it and how he does things. And because we go through, of course, the manufacturer's training, but only so much that they can teach us on the kind of the standard ways of uh, using uh, the technology. And I want to learn from you on the cutting edge in the field, you know, because you're the one who's using it in the field. So right after that, since I am in close area already in Boulder, back in Boulder for, for the Inscope training. So I thought, oh, can I uh, just swing by? And you, you're so gracious and uh, you're make yourself available. And yeah, from those few days, I realized that, yeah, you, we went on one inspection where it took the whole day. So <laughs> you know what, what it takes, you know, it's not just in and out, you know, you really go through and, and, and gives me a lot of things that I probably, it probably took me a while to discover that, you know, without having that experience with you there for a few days. Absolutely. So Robert, we're coming up to a point here where I would like to take a break on this. We're at about 25 minutes in this, and we don't want to make these too long. And I think we've got more to talk about. And so I think we should bridge this into a second segment. And so let's stop there. Let's pause and then let's kind of pick back up there and we'll move on from there. I've got a couple more things to kind of stir your thoughts. And then I want you to share a little bit more because you have such fresh eyes on this and you have such a positive attitude. I really want the people who tune into this podcast to benefit from the energy that you bring 
um, from the from the new approach and, and the new perspective that you see and how things can work, I think people are going to be really impacted in a positive way by this. So everyone who is listening, I want you to know, I really intend all the time to bring the best of the best guests on here. And I'm telling you, Robert is one of those people. He is one of those people that if you're living in the southwestern United States, this is a man who he and his family are going to be on the cutting edge of really reformatting how we do investigations in homes and buildings. And there are a whole bunch of people in the next 20, 30, 40, and 50 years that are going to benefit because of even this discussion we're having today, all of you listening, and everything you're going to glean from this and share with others. So I want all of you to be encouraged and have a great day. If this is the end of listening to podcasts for you and you got to go to work, that's okay. But make the most of your day and really try to bless those people around you. And whatever it is that you do for work, try and be the best that you can be and cut a new edge every day. So we'll be back. Uh, Tune into the next podcast. Robert and I are going to continue on this discussion. So this is the Manage Mold podcast. And thanks for coming. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Manage Mold podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want related to your home's health. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut. This is Dean Malstead. Join us next time on Manage Mold.